Thanksgiving is a beautiful time to be with those you love. Turkey and all the trimmings abound, laughter is shared, the pigskin is passed, and naps are at their best. Since 1621, this has been a time in America to celebrate life's good harvest. Many of us no longer have to harvest our own food, but there is another harvest we should all participate in. Take this time to collect in your heart all the people and the moments you have had in your life this year that you can be thankful for. What do you think of? Your family? Your friends? Having a place to call home? Your job? Your health? Or just the simple fact that you woke up this morning and you are here, right now? These are all good gifts that come from one place. God. Often we can forget to thank Him for being the source of all the blessing we receive in our lives. Psalm 106 and 1 says, Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. As you reap the harvest of blessings God has given you, take a moment, this moment, to thank God. Why? Because He is good and His love endures forever. for your giving. We appreciate you. Now we're at the time for the word of God. So let's first of all start by bowing our heads and praying. Dear gracious heavenly father, we praise you, love you, honor you, and appreciate you. God, I'm asking that you would hide me beneath the cross. God, that you would give me strength and think through my mind. God, give me clarity of thought clarity of speech. God, I thank you that your word will flow forth unhindered and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic forces. God, I thank you that the people's hearts will be illuminated, their ears will be tuned in to tapped in, and God, you will give us a word that will carry us through and in the season that we presently and currently are in, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you grab your Bibles? And repeat after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. And finally, we communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. Amen. Come on, put your hands together this morning. All right, so let's see. Do I want to give you the title first? Yeah, I, I think I think I'll have to put the title up first. The title of today's message is "Thankful." Thankful. We understand we're moving into the Thanksgiving season, and so the idea of thankful came to my heart. But if I if I'm being honest, I wasn't expecting. That 
word to come to me. So, so to give you, uh, I guess to, to make you understand, I don't choose what I preach. I'm waiting on God to give me something, to bring me something. Sometimes uh, on Sunday after I preach, I go to work Sunday night, work all night. Monday, I don't do anything. Sometimes by Tuesday, I have a sermon. Other times, I don't have nothing till Sunday morning. I'm like, you play too much, Jesus. Come on. You got to help a, help a brother out. So, so I, I, in, in the 10 years, he always comes through. So this particular week, I have to be honest with you. I just told the Lord, I'm scared. I'm not a fearful person. But I was like, God, I'm scared. What are you scared? What were you scared about, Pastor Andre? I'm scared to answer the phone. I'm scared for the texts because every time I got a text or a call, it was another bit of bad news, negative things. And I'm just like, God, this is too much. As a pastor, as a leader, I'm saying, God, this is, this is a bugger. I, I don't know what's going on. I told somebody, I said, DT is being hit hard. So just to give you uh, an example of how it was going on Monday, I preached the funeral of D'Angelo Rucker, who Angie Rucker had been a part of our ministry for years. I watched D'Angelo grow up. So I had to work all night, stay up all day and try to preach a funeral and give hope to broken people, not knowing what to say, how I'm going to say it. It's not like when I'm preaching to you where I have time to craft a message. I, I just got to get up. And be ready. And shoot, we get through Monday, make it through there. I finally, I don't get to sleep till 5 o'clock. So I stayed up all night, get to sleep at 5 o'clock, and go to sleep till 9, go to work. At work, I get a call from Sister Teresa. Now, Sister Teresa works third shift with me. So we text back and forth sometimes all night long, but she rarely ever calls me. So I'm like, hello. She's like, I got some news to tell you. And I find out about Amanda's death. I'm like, Jesus, just, I just got done with the funeral. Now we got to deal with this. By Friday, I get a text from Sister Lynn letting me know Brother Will's got to leave work. Now him and I work together. So I usually see him and wave at him. And next thing I know, he's gone. His brother has a massive heart attack. And I'm like, God, what is going on? Why am I doing something? I'm going to be honest. Like God, is, am I doing something? Am I messing up the church? I'll quit. I'll stop. I'll leave. Because if it's me, God, please let me know. Because this is too much. This ain't right. Before, I've been praying, stay the hand of death. And death just keep on marching right up to DT, snatching our loved ones. I'm like, God, this ain't, this ain't fair. What's going on? Am I doing something wrong? I promise you. I'll stop. This is something you need to understand about me. When it comes to me as your pastor, I'm very much like a parent in the sense that the way parents feel is if I got to go through something, that's one thing. But don't let my babies go through it. If, if it's a, yes, I'm still grieving my father and, and, and that, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But, but God, don't let the church go through too. That just like I am grieving my father, they're grieving their bishop, and then we got this on top of it. God, what is going on? 
So I'm wondering, God, what, what word are you going to give me for the people to help navigate us through? One thing I can tell you as a leader, I'm not scared of a challenge. And this is challenging, but I'm not going to back up from the challenge. Now, I did ask God, do I need to quit? Because if I'm messing something up, I need, to, I need to put it down and stop and let y'all go and live your life. But God is like, no, it ain't you. Then I was wondering, is there sin in the camp? Is it us? What's going on? And the Lord's let me know. No, it's, it's not that. Okay, God, what's going on? God didn't really give me an answer. And then the song came up in my spirit, and I began to play it and allow it to wash my mind. It was a song by Donna McClurkin that said, what do you do when you've done all you can? And it seems like it's never enough. You just stand. When there's nothing less to do, you just stand, watch the Lord see you through. After you've done all you can, you just stand. So I, I, I waited a few, I was, I was bathing myself with that, and I waited a few moments before I text Devin to let her know what was going on. I didn't want to wake her up with bad news, but I knew she would be getting up. So I text her. She's like, I'm laying in the bed praying to God. And I was like, well, this is the song God gave me. And so I shared her uh, the words so I was assuming that God would give me a message about us standing. But when I asked God what he wanted me to talk about, he said, thankful. And I don't mind us thanking God through trouble, but it does feel like we don't have a whole lot to be thankful for. Now, that's not true. We do have things to be thankful for. But when you're in seasons like this, it doesn't seem like God would say thankful, but he's the boss. I'm not. The truth of the matter is I'm your assistant pastor. He's the head pastor. I just follow him. And I was like, okay, thankful. And so normally when I just, sometimes God will give me a scripture. Sometimes he'll give me a phrase. Sometimes he'll just give me a word. When I just get a word, the first thing I do is I go to the dictionary and look up the word because maybe I don't know all I need to know about the word. And it was in me looking up the definition that I saw something that I never saw and never even expected to see. And from there is where we will preach the message. Let me put the definition of thankful up. This is one of the first definitions that came up. It says expressing gratitude, which I understand, expressing gratitude. But then it says, and relief, expressing relief. I never knew that was part of the definition of being thankful, that coupled with the word thankful is not just gratitude, it's actually relief. And this began to start making sense to me because the season that we are in, what we need is some relief. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Some of y'all remember the Alka-Seltzer commercial. We, we need some relief. So I'm thinking, God, how does relief tie into being thankful? Then I begin to understand when you go through dark, dark seasons, and you come out on the other side, what happens in you is you remain thankful for everything. 
You, you thank God for the birds singing, the bees buzzing, the leaves rustling. You don't need a thousand dollar check to be thankful. When your eyes open up, you're thankful because you know, you understand that in the previous, you've taken it for granted. But when you go through hell and hell and more hell and somehow you're still here, it's something that it does to your spirit and it makes you thankful for relief. And what God is allowing us to go through is going to build an internal gratitude and an internal thankfulness for relief. All right, so let let, let me give you the word relief. Let's look at what that word is. A feeling of reassurance and relaxation following release from anxiety or distress. In other words, when you've been in anxiety and distress, let, let, let me make it real simple. When you've been in a season where you need some deliverance, we are in deliverance temple. So it means every now and then we're going to go through some seasons where we're going to need some deliverance. But here's the thing is that once we get in those seasons, we begin to understand that if I can remain thankful, I know that relief is connected to my thankfulness. So if I want to speed up the season, I got to learn how to remain thankful and have an attitude of gratitude because it's going to bring me some relief. Here's the thing. You may not think that it makes sense to be in thankful in something that's hard, but your thanksgiving is going to bring you to a place of relief, a place of assurance and relaxation that everything is going to be all right. Now, is everything all right right now? No, but it's going to be all right. In other words, the promise that we have from God is that if we stay in a thing, that God won't leave us in it by ourselves and God will give us the presence of mind to go through whatever we are in. So while we are in it, we might as well be thankful because what we're doing, we're thanking God for delivering us in the end. The three Hebrew boys were grateful and thankful that God would deliver them before they ever walked into a situation. And this is not easy deliverance temple. This is hard and difficult, but I need you to understand that your thankfulness is connected to your relief. So hold on to your thankfulness. Let me give you some synonyms of relief. Release synonyms, help, aid, assistance, succor, care, benefit, charity, gifts, donations, financial assistance, remission, a leg up. Some of us, we just need a leg up. We just need a a, a helping hand. And I'm here to let you know that God is saying, deliver supper. I know this is difficult, but if you can be thankful, I need you to know that there is something on the other side of your thankfulness, and it is relief. So God is going to fix some of the stuff. He's going to take us through some of the stuff. And on the other end of some of this stuff is going to be some stuff that we didn't even ask for. See, once 
You've been brought so low, your prayer is not real elaborate about, God, I want this, and God, I want that. God, I want a house on the beach, and God, I want a yacht, and God, I want a chandelier. Listen, once you go through hell and high water, you just want God to protect your mind. God, just protect my mind. God, help me to sleep at night. God, help me to stop crying. God, help mend my heart. Your, your, your prayers become less materialistic and they become more focused on things that matter because life has a way of letting you know what really matters. If, if, if you pulled out your blouse on Sunday morning and you got a coffee and somehow a little coffee dripped on your blouse, you don't say, oh, I can't come to church because I got a coffee stain. You come to church with your coffee stain because that ain't worth me missing God. I'm in a situation where I need God. I, I need him. I need him so bad. I don't have to have a good car to praise him. I don't have to have a good house to praise him. I don't have to have a good relationship to praise him. God, I just need you. I'm in a season where I'm so stressed and so stressed and so hurting. God, I just need you. But when your life is reduced to those type of things, it's funny how God will bring stuff to you that you didn't ask for. I, I've been in since 2021 started, starting off on January, we were burying my, my mother's uncle, my great uncle, who was quite close to us, burying him from January to now. There's been a whole bunch going on in my life that has not been positive, just, just one thing after another. One major thing that happened in January that I didn't tell anybody about, just me and my wife went through it, was going through a lot of things happening but one thing I've noticed is that money keep finding me, keep flowing. Money just comes in unexpected ways. I'm not even praying for money, asking for money. I'm just trying to make it day to day. But somehow money keeps coming in and keeps blessing me and other things keep happening. God is still in the blessing business even when you are in things that don't look so positive. And many times because your focus is on the negative thing, you don't see all that God is doing behind the scenes, but God is yet working behind the scenes. But he let me, he wanted me to tell you to remain thankful because some of the things that he's doing behind the scenes, they're going to show up and they're going to show up as relief and release and relaxation and help. And A, let's put that back up. Some of the stuff that's going to show up in your life. You're going to get some, we're going to get some help, some aid, some assistance, some sucker, some care, some benefits, some charity, some gifts, some donations. Somebody going to just start shaking stuff in your hands, some donations, some financial assistance. All these things are going to happen and they're going to be a sign of relief and remission. So I need you to remain thankful, Deliverance Temple. All right, let's, let's give you some scripture to help you understand this and then I'll, I'll try to continue this sermon in a way that will benefit us. Psalms 34 says, sing praises to the Lord. O you, his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. So, 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 get, let a praise get on your lips. Saints, if you a saint, if you an ain't, you're not going to be praising God. You'll be cursing and cussing God. But if you're a saint, you're going to have a praise on your lips and a praise in your heart. And you're going to give thanks to his holy 
name. Let me pause and talk about that for a second. second. You're going to give thanks to his name. You're not thanking him for the situation. You're not thanking him for the season. You're not thanking him for the death. You're not thanking him for the layoff. You're not thanking him for the divorce or the murder or whatever. You're not thanking him for that because those are negative, bad things. But you're thanking him for his name. Because his name remains great even when your situation is low. His name is still great. So if I can't thank him for my situation and I can't thank him for my money and I can't thank him for my marriage, I can thank him because he's God. I can thank him because he woke me up this morning. And started me on my way. And that's why I understand the testifiers of the old church would say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. I don't thank you for a car. I don't thank you for a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I thank God for saving me. At the end of the day, I'm reduced down to the fact that God, I just thank you that I'm saved. Because I shouldn't be saved. All the stuff that's run through my mind. Every time I went low, I turned to my flesh instead of turning to my spirit. But somehow you yet sanctify me and wash me and cleanse me. So at the end of the day, God, I thank you that I'm saved. I thank you that you haven't left me. I thank you that I still got a prayer language. I thank you that I still got a pep in my step. I thank you that I haven't folded. I thank you that I haven't slipped my wrist. I thank you that I haven't given up on life. I thank you that I haven't backslid. Because it wasn't me, God, it was you. God, I thank you for your holy name. Real Christians are built and forged in the fires of life when they come through and they say, God, I still thank you. Now, what's interesting, when you look at the most precious metals or stones, which which the two that I'll bring up would be both the diamond and gold, both of those, uh, the, the, the stone that is made into a diamond, which is coal, and then the metal that is gold, both of them, they become purified or better through fire. The, 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 the diamond, it is a lot of pressure and heat that actually shifts a lump of coal into a diamond. And the purest gold is taken through the fire to pull up all the impurities. So I need you to understand that a season like this is not going to make us less it's actually going to make us greater because we're being forged in the fire. And some of y'all are still coming to church even when hell is in your life because you're saying, God, I still serve you. God, I still want you. God, I still love you. I'm still going to live my vision every day. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to throw in the towel because God, you all are God. I'm so grateful to be pastoring people Like y'all. If I was pastoring some wishy-washy, weak, up-and-back Christians, it would bother me. But I'm seeing something about us in our extreme trials. We're pulling together. We're praying. We're standing together. There's something that I'm learning about this church. We were not built to fold. We were built to last. We were built to bounce back. We were built to be strong. We were built to be deliverance temple, the revelation of Jesus 
Christ. And because of that, this next verse makes sense. A verse you've heard all your life, but I wanted to set it up first. This next verse, put it up. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. I'm here to let you know that this is a night season, but this night season has an expiration date. It's not eternal. It's only temporal. It cannot last forever. So Deliverance Temple, keep being thankful and keep praising God and keep giving God the glory because this won't last forever. It's a momentary. It's not forever. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming. So having said that, this is what the Lord told me to announce to us at Deliver Simple. Relief is on the way. I'm here to let you know relief is on the way. Help, assurance, aid, a leg up is on the way. We are in a rough time, but relief is on the way. Now, I could stop and we can leave shouting on that, but I'm not that kind of preacher. I'm not the kind of preacher who just takes a good word and receive it. I'm a questioning preacher. I don't know where people say you don't question God. God, I question God all the time. Now, I don't question his decisions necessarily, but I ask him questions about his decisions. So once I realized why God wanted me to bring up the word thankful and seeing that it was connected to relief and I heard God say relief is on the way, here's the question that I had for God that I'm going to teach us. Let's put this question up. But what do we do in the meantime? Oh, thank you, God. Relief is on the way, but I I still got to live. It, it, It would be nice if we could just sit here all day and and everything will be okay but we got to walk out of those doors and when we walk out of those doors life hits us right in the face so God I know relief is on the way but what am I supposed to do in the meantime see when, when you go to a restaurant they understand that you go to Texas Roadhouse before you order a thing they bring you some rolls and they try to get you some drinks to hold you over till the food comes God, what am I supposed to do in the meantime? Because right now, this still hurts. Right now, this don't feel right. And God forbid, don't let my phone ring next week with something else negative. God, please, please. I know relief is on the way, but what am I supposed to do right now? Here's two things that I'm going to give us that God told me to share with us Point one and point two, these are the two things that we're going to see. I'm going to repeat them. The two things we need to do, we need to keep and we need to remain. Keep and remain. Both of the words are very similar. Repeat that when we say keep and remain. We're going to do it three times for the second time. Keep, remain. Third time, keep and remain. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. It was in this As I begin to study and begin to see what God was wanting me to share with us, it was in this that I begin to understand how special a church we really are. 
Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9. It says this. It says, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's something for us to be thankful about. Verse 10, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. That's what gives us hope when loved ones die, when they have been introduced to the Lord. Let's look at this uh, verse 11. This is something that I think is powerful. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Let's put this point up. Point number one under keep. DT, keep encouraging each other about the cross of Jesus Christ. I, I, I must say that I'm learning that our church is a church full of encouragers. If you find yourself on the low side, somebody is going to reach out to you and encourage you to keep trusting in Jesus. When my father passed, I had people from the church reaching out to me, checking on me, and letting me know to continue to trust God. It's one thing if we all quit together, but what I've learned about this church, when some of us are down, some of us are up. And so there's always somebody that will encourage somebody else. And so what God says, this is what you're already doing, so keep doing it. Keep on encouraging one another. Sister Mitchell, uh, my wife, Lady Devon, that's Sister Mitchell. She talks about our pew mates. I was teasing her. I said, we don't even have chairs. Well, I said, we don't even have pews. We got chairs. You keep talking about pew mates. But the point is the person next to you finds a way to encourage you. Some of the people that work third shift, we text each other. We keep each other. We check on each other because we up. We got to work. We are encouraging each other. And Deliverance Temple, keep doing that because it's going to make all the difference in a season like this. Let's continue to read. First Thessalonians 5.12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Let's look at verse 13. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Let's look at point number two. DT. All right, back there. I want to start fussing. Y'all stay with me back there. DT, keep appreciating your leaders and remain in peace. I have to say, y'all have been good to me. Y'all, 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 y'all encouraging me. Y'all appreciate me, and I want y'all to keep doing it because guess what? I need it. Just this week, there was a preacher in Georgia who did a live stream about depression, talking about how depression is tough, and even pastors go through mental struggles. And in the very same week he did the live stream, he committed suicide. And now there's a church without a pastor. But the reason why I haven't fell that low, I got a church that appreciates me. I got a church that lifts me up and prays for me. And I do not take that for granted. Thank you so much for being there for me and being there for us. Thank you for the cash apps that you see and thank you for what you do. Keep doing that. And then it says, and 
and remain in peace among yourself. I want you to put the, the point back up. I'm going to read it again. Keep appreciating your leaders and remain in peace. And let me tell you another way that I thank you, that I thank you for appreciating me is not just in what you do for me specifically. I don't have to run around putting fires out because so-and-so don't like so-and-so. And so-and-so gossiping about so-and-so. I don't have to worry about that because y'all keep the peace among each other. And you know that takes a load off of my back that I don't have to worry about y'all bickering and fussing and fighting. It don't mean we always get along. But by and large, thank you for being the easy people to pass. Thank you for keeping the peace and not keeping a mess. I'm, let me tell you something. Some church folk can keep up some mess. I mean, some of the messiest people you'll ever find, you don't find them in the club. You find them in the church. I mean, they got dirt on everybody. They got the tea on everybody. But if y'all doing that, at least y'all not let me find out about it. Because about it. from my vantage point, we are a church that at least tries to keep the peace. If somebody sits in your seat, I haven't had nobody come to me and say, Pastor Andre, Sharitha, always sitting in my seat. Do something about that. I haven't had to deal with foolishness like that. And guess what? Thank you. Because in the seasons of death that we're going through, if we got to deal with pettiness too, it'll be like the straw that broke the camel's back. So keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate you. Not just you in the building. You online. Thank you. Because this would be rough without you. Let's, let's, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.14. And we urge you, brothers, to admonish the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. I'm going to read that again. And we urge you, brothers... This is meaning brothers and sisters. Admonish the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. This is how I put it, number three. DT, keep urging, admonishing, encouraging, helping, and showing grace. That's what we've been doing. Let, let, let me put it in perspective. Since September, let me just say it this way. Since September, Sister Juanita lost her granddaughter, her young granddaughter, to COVID. October, we lost our father, your bishop, to COVID. November, we lose D'Angelo, um, Charlie Richmond's father, Amanda, and now Will's brother. That's at least six connected to people who go here. In the span of three months. The last four has been in the span of two weeks. But I'm so grateful we have a church that keeps encouraging. And admonishing. And helping. And showing each other grace. Here's the, the, the part I like. Because the scripture said being patient with each other. This is what I mean. Showing each other grace. Because guess what? When people are going through grief and stuff. Sometimes they don't always have the best answer. Sometimes they are shorter with you than you expected them to, to be. Or let, let me give you an example. My, my mother, maybe she, she, she don't want to go to lunch with everybody because she's still grieving. And people say, it's all right. Let, let, let her have her time because we're showing each other patience. We're showing each other grace because what we understand that it's your turn, but it may be my turn. So I'm going to show you love and grace 
because maybe it's going to become a time and I'm going to need love and grace. And I'm so grateful for delivering sample, but I want you to keep doing it. Keep admonishing. Keep encouraging. Why? Because relief is on the way. So let's keep doing what we've been doing. Keep checking on each other. I don't have time to call all y'all. I don't even have all y'all numbers. Let me be honest. Sometimes I got I get texts from numbers I do not recognize. And I just be like, praise God. I talk back to them. I don't have the heart to tell them I don't know who you are. And you may be one of those people. I, but but don't. it's not just up to me. But thank God that you check on each other, that you love each other. And if you haven't checked on somebody, I'm sure believing that you are praying for each other. We have people who have never walked in the building, but they're connected to this church through online. And they're praying and they're loving. We have a great, great ministry because we pull together. And we're going to make it through this, and relief is on the way. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.15. Here's something that's interesting. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Thank you that you're not vindictive and vengeful, and you're trying to tattle on each other. Thank you that you're not trying to repay evil for evil. If Sharitha does sit in your seat, thank you that you sit somewhere else and just come earlier the next time so she can't beat you to your seat. Thank you you don't pay evil for evil. Thank you for this wisdom. So the, the point that I'm, that I'm making that's helping us is that we are actually a mature and a maturing church. We're not perfect. We're deliverance temple, so we all got some hangups, some issues. We got some stuff we need to be delivered from. But the reason why I'm so grateful to pastor this church, at least we're a church that's trying. We're not faking the funk. I have people that will come to me and let me know what they are really struggling with. They're not trying to pull the wool over the pastor's eyes. They're real. This is the issue I got going on with me. And would you pray for me? Sometimes they'll be like, I need pastor. And sometimes I need Andre to just listen to me. I don't need you to be so deep. I need somebody just to listen to my problem. I would much rather be in a real church than a phony church any day of the week. Give me the real folk. And I'm so grateful that I get the opportunity to pastor real folk. Because if I didn't, this season that we are in would totally take us out. We, to, be, to, be, to be honest, now, now I've seen a lot of people online. I see quite a few in, in, in the building. What we're going through, all of us could just skip a Sunday. I should show up and there'd be four folk in here. But y'all have getting in your mindset. No, we, we coming. We're rallying. We get, we're getting together. Y'all helping me. Amen and amen. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. I need y'all. Let, let, let me tell you just a quick example. Back in the day when I'd be preaching, it'd be so quiet in here. In order for your amens and applause to be picked up for the live stream and, and for the, the rebroadcast and all that, I would have to put a mic on, turn a mic on. But now y'all help me preach so much without a microphone. Everybody can hear you because y'all are with me and I thank you for it. Now, I'm celebrating you, but remember the purpose is to keep. 
Keep doing this. Don't, don't, don't let it go low. Keep doing more because we need more of this because we're in the fight of our lives, Deliverance Temple. We need more of this. Keep doing what you're doing. Online people, keep doing what you're doing. Don't quit. Don't give up. We need you. We appreciate you. All right, uh, point four. DT, keep doing good. Don't give evil for evil. All right, now let's, let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17. And the, these are actually in our memory verse for the month. If you look on the app, there's always a memory verse for the month. These are actually part of our memory verse of the month. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Put this point up, point number five. This is our last point under keep, DT, keep rejoicing and keep praying. Don't stop rejoicing now. Don't stop praying now. We need you. Muncie needs you. Delaware County needs you. The, the, the world needs you. We, we don't need to stop. We need to keep on praying. Just just uh, earlier today, Brother Tommy, I was talking to Brother Tommy, and he was asking me had I seen the movie War Room. And he was talking about how he uh, watched it again recently and was reminded about the power of prayer. This is not the time to back up. This is the time to get in our war room and pray. If you're one of the people in the church who have not lost a loved one, pray for the ones who have. Don't, don't, don't just relax. We need your help. Pray. But in your praying, keep rejoicing that relief is on the way. No, let, let's, not, let's not get in here and start dragging in here. No, no, oh, woe is me. Listen, we ain't got time for woe is me. We're already struggling and going through. Woe is me is not going to help. We need to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We need some rejoicing. Now, I don't have to worry about rejoicing because Alana keeps me happy. That little girl is a comedian show enough. And she run around the house talking about Holy Spirit, activate. She, she mock y'all worshiping God. We, I, listen, we have fun. She makes me think about life and rejoice. I remember a time I was crying for the babies I have now. So even though I'm going through something right now, I'm rejoicing. I'm thinking of things to rejoice about. Even when I think about my father. He kept us laughing. He was always funny. Y'all just thought he was funny on Apostle Sunday. You should have seen him in his real element. Acting a fool. Him and Mother Mitchell. The way, the way the, and, and, and while I'm yet grieving, I think about the smiles and the laughter. Yesterday was his birthday and I just didn't know how it was going to feel. Uh, knowing that he just missed 77 here on earth. I didn't know how it was going to feel, but it didn't feel as bad as I thought it was going to feel. I woke up and the day was okay and, and I was spent the day with family and then I got a chance to be with my mother and I just was, I, there was a rejoice on the inside of me that said, listen, don't cry for me forever. I'm in heaven. You, you, at some point, you need to have some rejoicing. Yes, cry. Yes, mourn. But in the process, thank me and thank God for me and thank God for the time you had me and rejoice. So I'm going to rejoice. I'm still going to laugh. I'm still going to do crazy TikToks because that's what makes me feel good. I'm going to do what makes me feel good. I'm going to have some fun because life is too hard to be sucking on sour lemons when you got a God that can rescue you and deliver you. I'm going to rejoice. 
I'm going to pray, but I'm going to rejoice. Will you be sad sometimes? Yes. And I, I was sharing with, my, with my, my mother, and she was, she's, uh, was going through a, a CD series that someone sent her uh, about grief. And, and I was just in her house, and she was listening to it. And I, it was one thing that the man said that caught me. And I was like, yeah, that's me. It says, in seasons of grief, you have to want to come out. If you want to stay sad and depressed, then you will stay sad and depressed for a long, protracted period of time. You have to, in your mind, want to come out. I want to grieve. I want to mourn. But I don't want to stay sad forever. I want to come out. And I want Deliverance Temple to come out. So what you do, you got to learn how to rejoice in so that you can come out. That leads me to my next verse. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.18. This happens to be also a part of our memory verse for the month. Give thanks in all. All circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Oh, pastor, I just want to be in the will of God. I just want to do God's will. I just want God's will. I just want God's will. Well, God said, give thanks in, the King James says, in everything. Now, this is always a hard scripture to understand if you read it wrong. It doesn't say give thanks for everything. It says give thanks in everything. You don't give thanks for the murder, but since you are in it and you, you didn't choose for a loved one to get murdered, you didn't wake up and say, God, I want my loved one to get murdered. No, you didn't. You didn't choose that. But since you're in it, find a way to give thanks in it because it's the will of God. And now we understand why it's the will of God, because your thankfulness is connected to your relief. So if you learn how to thank God in it, then you won't stay in it forever. You're eventually going to come out of it. But if you want to pout forever, I, I, I tell myself, I give myself 24 to 72 hours to have fleshly moments. When stuff hits me, my mother used to say, some stuff will hit you and send you straight to bed. And I had some news that sent me straight to bed. But I don't like being in that state for a long time. After three days, I'm getting ready to get up and do something. I've been depressed before, but I don't like being depressed for two, three, four weeks. I, I, I'm going to do something to pull myself up because I, I understand that. Yes, I want God to do, but I got to be willing to put some skin in the game. I got to be willing to not want to be in stuff. And let's be honest, sometimes the reason why you want to be in stuff because you want a pity party. That's one thing Bishop would always talk about is you and your pity parties. He said you want somebody to blow up balloons for you. But listen, at some point, you got to get off of the pity party horse and you got to say, God, I'm going to give you thanks in it. Do I like it? No, but I'm going to give you thanks in it because as long as I'm breathing, let everything that I have breath praise the Lord. I can find something to praise God for. Some of y'all, all you need to do is look in your closet, all them clothes you don't wear. Somebody would kill to have the clothes that you have. And that's why it's beneficial for everybody once in their lifetime to travel overseas and see, don't everybody live the way we live? I, I, I remember when, when I landed in, in Haiti and we got through the Haitian airport, there were some dollars in my pocket and I went in my pocket to grab my wallet to move it from one place to the other because they told me that 
people steal. So I didn't want to be pickpocketed. So I was moving my wallet from one place to the other, and $3 fell out on the ground. And when I got ready to pick them up, there was, I, I don't know where these little kids from, but they seen that dollar and they ran up to me. And so I just, it was only $3. I just handed the $3 to, to the little kid and went on doing what I was doing. I turned around, it was almost 15 children behind me. And the person, the leader that was with us, he's like, you can't give out money here. He said, they're so destitute. They will follow you everywhere you go because they don't have anything. Those $3 was like him getting $1,000 because they're so, it it, it revolutionized my mind. You're not as bad off as you think you are. You better thank God for where you are. Even even when when you go on vacation, and you go cruise, and you go to the Bahamas, just stray off the beaten path for a little while. Yeah, yeah, everything is nice and pretty where you are, but take just a few steps around the corner. You'll find out life is rough for a lot of people. And you don't even have to go overseas. Go to Washington, D.C. Around the corner from the White House is abject poverty. When I went to Miami and I seen the Miami arena, around the corner from the Miami arena was the hood and poverty. You can be in a place where there's wealth on one side and other people don't have access to it. So you better thank God for everything you have. Even in bad situations, give God thanks. All right, so now we're going to move to the keep. I mean, excuse me, we're going to move from the keep to the remain. Let's put up point number one. DT, remain thankful no matter what we face. Remain thankful. All right, let's put this up. What will help us remain thankful in difficult times so we can get to the relief? So the first question is, what do we do in the meantime? The second question is, okay, we're supposed to remain thankful, but what will help us remain thankful? One, I just gave you one idea is, is thinking and looking around you that somebody always has it worse than you. But let's look at some scriptures to help us to remain thankful. Let's look at Colossians 3.12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Verse 13, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Colossians 3.14, and above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Wait a second. This sounds like everything we teach DT. Love, living our vision every day. It seems like in order for us to remain thankful, we have to be a people of love. But it seems like our bishop trained us For the season that we are currently in because love lifted me. I'm going to quote a song that some of y'all know. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. And from the water lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. 
The reason why we qualify for the trial that we're currently in because we've been trained to be a church of love and even when we go down, love will lift us back up. Oh, like the song that B.B. and C.C. shifted and changed, they said, love lift us up where we belong. And they said, Lord, lift us up where we belong. Because when you have the Lord's love, you will always be lifted up. You may be down momentarily, but the love that you've been trained to have and trained to keep, it's going to lift you up. And if you're down, I'll pull you up. And if I'm down, you pull me up. We're a church of love. We're going to live our vision every day. We're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. Love is going to lift us up where we belong. Where do we belong? We belong wealthy. Where do we belong? We belong healthy. Where do we belong? We belong wise. Where do we belong? We belong anointed. Where do we belong? We belong glorious. Where do we belong? We belong with being debt free and delivered. We're going to be everything God called us to be. Because before we ever got in this situation, we were already trained in love. So let's put up point number two. DT, remain a church full of love. I don't care what we got to go through. Let's not lose our love. That pe- people, people don't necessarily come uh, and talk about Deliverance Temple just because of the preaching. They don't necessarily come here because the facility is nice. Now, the preaching is good and the facility is nice. But when people talk about Deliverance Temple, they say them, pe- them folk know how to love. That's our calling card. It's the fact that we know how to love. Let's not lose that now. Let's not be no mean rattlesnake Christians now. Bishop Clark would say some of y'all mean as a junkyard bulldog. No, no, no. No, we need to be people of love. We need to be approachable. And guess what? People don't always want to approach you in church. So that means you got to be loving out there. Loving in the grocery store. Pray for folk in the grocery store. When people, you see them, you wave at them, tell them, I'm, I'm praying for you. And they don't be lying. Some of y'all be lying. Don't lie. But actually be praying for them folk. Let them know. You don't have to walk in the doors of my church for me to love you. I love you right where you are because I know a God that loved me right where I was. And our bishop and apostle wasn't planning on getting delivered when he came to church. He came to church to get his mama off of his back. And next thing you know, he was crawling down the aisle and got delivered. L- listen, deliverance temple is not for the perfect people. It's for the jacked up people. Bishop said he didn't have a monkey on his back. He had a whole zoo on his back. It's for the messed up, jacked up people. That's who we are for. And I also need you to understand the love that we have, it goes out of this church and it grabs people's heart. And that, that's why when they cross from death to life, well, excuse me, when they cross from life into death, it, what, what some people will think, oh, that person going straight to hell. But because they're connected to the deliverance temple 
And because we love them right where they are, God has traveled through and grabbed people. Do you know that oftentimes when people are here or when people watch, we have them pray the prayer of salvation. Do you know some of those people, they never come back to church, but they pray that prayer. And because of the love we have, God opens up a door to heaven. And some of those people, when they wake up in heaven, they just as shocked as anybody else. And God tell them, Deliverance Temple did that for you. Because we are a church of love. And we got to remain that way. Let's, let's, let's go to verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Oh, that word is popping back up again. It means these things are tied together. So let's look at point number three. DT, remain in God's peace. In the season that we're going through, um, one of the things that it will do, it will quiet you. It will make you, you, you don't have to run around and be everywhere and go everywhere and do everything. It, it gives you a, a sense of peace. Just remain in the peace of God. So, so it doesn't do us good to be a church of love if we have a whole bunch of chaos there needs to be a, a, a mindset of peace. So let us seek peace. You don't have to be in everything, doing everything. And let me say that includes church. You ain't got to go to every conference. You ain't got to run and do everything. Some of that stuff is just a bunch of show and entertainment. It is no anointing in it all. There's a video that we've seen. A lady called herself praise dancing. I don't want to judge anybody, so I just throw it out there. She up there hula hooping. Calling it praise dance. Maybe it was God, but I didn't feel no oil on it. I'll I tell you that much. I didn't feel nothing. So, so listen, don't just be running, chasing the latest fad. Seek peace. And sometimes peace is just you and yourself at home with God. The sale will be there tomorrow. You ain't got to run there. The party will be there tomorrow. You ain't got to go everywhere you invited. Well, folk won't like me if I don't come. Well, fine, you'll find out who like you or don't. I'm in a season I want peace. And if there's chaos over there, I ain't coming. I know you invited me, but I ain't coming. I want some peace. And it's okay to withdraw yourself momentarily so that you can stay tapped into peace. You know one of the, the most anointed things that I do sometimes is take a nap. There's some anointing on my naps. Now, Devin say I'm not napping. She say I'm going to sleep because it'd be three hours long. But in order to protect my peace, sometimes I just need to go to sleep. The, the problem going to be there tomorrow. The trouble going to be there when I wake up. Ain't no need me thinking about it all night long. I want some peace. So me and Jesus, we laying down. Now, Jesus staying up because he don't sleep. But I'm laying down. Now, when, when I was younger, I didn't snore, but now my kids say that I'm snoring. Loud. I didn't believe until I woke myself up snoring. My throat was sore from snoring so loud. But I was getting me a nap and having some peace. And it is okay to have a little peace in your life. But then when you do what you can do, God does what he can do, and he gives us a peace that passes all understanding. All right. I got to get us out of here. Let's look at verse six, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching 
and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Listen, that thankfulness keeps popping up. Let's look at uh, number four. DT, remain in God's word and let God's word remain in you. In John 15, it says it this way, that if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you can ask what you will. You can have what you will and it will be done unto you. So let's stay locked into the word of God. Let's not quit on that. Sometimes it's easy when you're in trials to cut out the Bible. Or cut out church. or No, no, no. Stay in that because it's the thing that's going to carry you through. I promise you, a lot of people will say a lot of things, but the word has a way of just solidifying you in unstable, uncertain times. Let's look at Col- Colossians 3, 17. And before I read that, the scripture said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Verse 17 says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's look at point number five. DT, remain focused on God, getting the glory, and remain hopeful. One of the reasons why I'm able to try to navigate us through this dark season that we found ourselves in is that I want God to get the glory. So I'm saying, God, I want to do it your way. I don't want to do it Andre's way. I, 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 honestly, I don't know what to do. I'm saying, God, I don't know what to do, but you called me to this position. So, God, I want you to get the glory. I, I, I want you to get the glory out of deliverance. Temple. I don't want us to keep going down, down, down. I want us to rise up. So I want you to get the glory. And one of the things he reminded me in is where we going, how we're going to close. He said, one of the ways I'm going to get the glory is you got to remain hopeful. Yeah, he, even in the midst of what looks like negativity, you got to remain hopeful. You, 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 got, you got to raise that level of expectation like we talked about and see that God will sometimes do things you didn't even expect. And even when you're going through something, DT, remain hopeful. It, it doesn't have to be the biggest, grandest hope. It may be something small, but remain hopeful. I'll give you a, a quick story. There was two sons, two, two twin boys who had had, had a, a birthday, and uh, the dad said, go go to the barn. And when they went to the barn, he said, your gift will be in the barn. When they went to the barn, the barn was filled with manure. And one twin boy was known as the pessimist, said, my daddy ain't no good. All he did was give us a bunch of poop. The other boy was an optimist. He talked jumping and flipping up, he was so excited to see the poop. And the pessimist said, why are you excited to see the poop? He said, with all this poop, it's got to be a pony somewhere. Daddy done got me a pony. <laughs> he looked at mess and saw the silver lining. The other person looked at mess and only saw the mess. And DT, I don't want you to look at mess and only look think there's mess. No, no. There's something on the other end of this trial. There, there's light at the end of this tubble, tunnel. I need you to remain hopeful. Because I can't lead. I can't lead a church full of people on the bottom of the barrel. I need some people hoping and believing with me that if we are deliverance temple, eventually we will be delivered. 
no matter what we hear. I need some folk who will be confessing their deliverance consistently. I don't know when you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to do it, but God, you're going to get us out of this. You're going to bring us out of this. You're going to make it better. You're going to fix it. There's going to be a rainbow. There's going to be a light. God, I trust you. I still believe, as Sister Ruthie said, I'm going to remain hopeful. And that's why I can thank God in it because I haven't lost my hope. Like Jesse Jackson would say, keep Hope alive. Final verses, we're going to go from Colossians and go back to Thessalonians, and this is how we're going to close. First Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The confession that we did over the offering that Sister uh, Athel had brought, brought to us, it said that we were given our seed in assignment. And it said that we were going to be basically be blessed socially, emotionally, physically, and financially. Here this scripture says the God that we serve, let's go back to it. I'm going to read it again. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. That means he's going to set you apart. He's going to work on you even in this season. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are not going to fail in this season. You're not going to die in this season. You're going to make it out of the season deliverance temple. And here's the reason why I put the point up and this is why we remain folk up. Uh, Hopeful, not the point, but the final verse. Sorry, put the final verse up. Verse 24. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. I'm going I'm to read this three times total. The reason why I'm remaining faithful, Deliverance Temple, and hopeful is because of what? Let's put the verse back up for the second reading of it. He who calls Deliverance Temple is faithful. He will surely do it. Pastor, what will he do? He'll do everything we need him to do. He will do it. One final time to read this verse. He who calls you Mitchell family and Woods family and Richmond family and Juanita family and, and Lee family and all the families and Patton family and, and, and Althea Hart family. I'll call, I can call all your names out. He who called us is faithful and Rucker family and whatever family that is going through, the God that called us is still on the throne and he's still faithful. And the scripture says he will surely do it. Satan, I'm not giving up because God's going to do it. The last song that we played for our praise and said, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. I don't care how dark the day. I know God's going to make a way. God's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it, but God's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it, but God's going to do it. Because he's faithful and he will surely do it. But pastor, I'm broke. He gonna do it. But pastor, I'm sick. He gonna do it. But pastor, I'm anxious. He gonna do it. But pastor, I'm fearful. He gonna do it. Well, pastor, I'm mourning. He gonna do it. Cause he's still God, and he's 
still good. Here's the final confession and the, the final point will make it a confession. We are thankful because we know relief is on the way and we will both keep and remain until it comes. I'm going to say that a second time and on the final time I'll have you repeat it after me. We are thankful because we know relief is on the way. Help is on the way. And we will both keep and remain until it comes. We're not going to quit. Now here, repeat it after me. You can stand to your feet. Go ahead and bring it up transparent for me so that I can have them repeat after me. Repeat after me. Say, we, we are thankful. Because we know relief is on the way. Help is on the way. Deliverance is on the way. And we will, we will, we must both keep and remain until it comes. Come on, let's put our hands together this morning. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father God, I thank you. God, you know and understand how heavy a burden this has been on me as a pastor. Wondering what really is going on. And why are my members hurting so bad? And you spoke to me to be thankful because relief is on the way. And you showed me how special a people these people are. And God, give us the strength to both keep and remain. God, don't let us fall off. Don't let us fall. God, when we feel like falling and quitting and backsliding, God, help us rally around us, God. God, don't, don't let us lose because the world needs a deliverance temple. The world needs this place. We are important to the world. And our message is important. So God, help us. Until you bring us our deliverance and give us hope and help us to believe again. And we thank you for it. Now, God, if there's anybody that doesn't know you as their Savior and their Lord, I pray that they would just say these simple words. Father God, come into my heart. Save me. So that when I go through tough times, I'll have somebody like you always on my side. And for that, I'll forever be thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Thanksgiving to you all.